You're listening to Comedy Central. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Deviadaris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. December 18, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. tonight was the villain in Aquaman, but the hero in HBO's hit show, Watchmen. Yahya Abdul-Mateen II is joining us, everybody. He's gonna be on the show. He's gonna be having a great conversation. Also, on tonight's episode, Ronnie Chang cancels Christmas. How to kidnap yourself, and congratulations, President Trump, you made history. So, let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's kick it off with a story that took place in New York, but had the whole country talking. Yesterday, residents of the city were interrupted by an Amber Alert on their phones, saying a 16-year-old had been kidnapped in the Bronx. And although this was a scary story for a while, it turns out there was no actual kidnapping, but what did happen was way more insane. What appeared to have been a violent kidnapping is over tonight. A teenage girl here in New York is safe after she was grabbed by two men. It sparked an Amber Alert, but... Was it all a hoax? Two men jump out of a car in the Bronx and grab a 16-year-old as she walked down the sidewalk next to her mother. Well, after a frantic day of searching, the girl admitted she staged her own abduction to run away from her family. She told detectives that her mother was too protective. The two had reportedly argued about a plan to leave the United States for Honduras. A mother's worst nightmare is over, while there's a chance her daughter's legal troubles are only just beginning. Wow, there was an Amber Alert, but now she's saying she faked her own kidnapping. Whatever you do, please do not try this if you have African parents. (laughs) Yeah, because you'll be like, I faked my kidnapping, and they'll be like, but your funeral will be real, eh? (laughs) Now, the reason this blew up online is because there are real cases of sex trafficking, and people are worried that this kind of story would undermine some of those stories. You know, not to mention, a fake kidnapping will really confuse Liam Neeson, you know? Yeah, because every time he gets a call from now on, he's gonna be like, I have a particular set of skills, skills that I will use to wait. Is this this a real one this time? (laughs) Is this my daughter putting me on speakerphone at a slumber party? I'm gonna be so pissed. (laughs) And by the way, uh, you know what I don't understand? Whenever someone goes missing, we all get an Amber Alert. But how come we don't get another alert when the person is found? 
huh? Because now some of us are still on the streets looking, huh? Just like running around like, aha, green Honda Civic, caught you. I was like, what? That girl came back the same day. Oh, well, uh, fix that taillight, get out of here. Here's what should happen. I think if someone's kidnapped, we should all get an Amber Alert. And if they find out it's a hoax, we should all get a Jussie Smollett Alert, okay? Yeah? That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, let's move on. Millions of people will be traveling for the holidays next week. And just in time, our favorite airline has made a major announcement. Spirit Airlines unveiled its redesigned cabin that features more comfortable seats and bigger tray tables. Spirit says the seats will offer two extra inches of usable leg room and full-size tables. The change coming after the carrier faced a lot of criticism over the years about thin seats and tight leg room space. The new interior is currently installed on one airplane so far, but the plan is to try and make it available across the entire fleet. Yay! Spirit Airlines has finally upgraded their planes. And can I just say I'm so proud? <laughs> More legroom, a full-size tray table, and just look at those seats, huh? I mean, sure, it looks like they stole them from the Delta Terminal, but still, <laughs> but still. And you also could argue that a full-size tray table is a weird thing to brag about, but on the bright side, now you have room to put the meal they don't give you. This is great. <laughs> So congratulations, Spirit. I mean, we dissed them a lot on the show, but this is a big improvement over their old seats, which were just a dirty couch they found on the street. I think that's great. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Finally, we have a major story that is shaking California. And actually, you know what? For this story, can we... I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need some help. Can we get... Um, let me think. Can we get Roy? Roy? Can we get Roy uh, to come and join me at the desk? Yeah, I just... <laughs> No, because Roy's got a great perspective. I just wanted to chat to you. About Roy Virginia. What's up, man? What's, what's happening? I just, uh, I just need, I need some help with this next story. I mean, that's weird. You never needed help during the headlines. No, but this, one, this, one's, this one's different. Um, it's a very big story, and I just need you to stay here. And uh, let's, let's roll the tape, let's roll the tape. Police in Southern California say an artist appears to have sketched the man who stole his money. Detectives say this is a caricature of the suspect in a robbery at Riverside's Festival of Lights this month. The guy asked the artist to make the drawing. When it was done, the suspect grabbed a bag with about $500 in it and ran off. But he left the picture behind. Police posted it on Facebook with the message, do you recognize this caricature? The message went on to say that the caricature is, a, is one of the suspect, but of course, there are exaggerated characteristics and features. So, okay. I don't know. Okay. So you're gonna do me like that. That's fine. So, so let me ask you something. When you asked me to wear a red hat <laughs> to work today, it wasn't because you thought a red hat would look good on me in the holidays or whatever. You, you, it was a joke. No, I also, I also like the hat. I also like your hat, but, but also for the joke. Are we done? Are we done? Can I go back? Yeah, no, we're done. I just wanted to... Okay, um, good. If we're done... Can we take a but... selfie real oh, quick? Oh, look, I'm done. I got work to do, man. <laughs> it's funny. You look no. like that guy. <laughs> it's not me. Everybody. Don't be mad. It's not me. <laughs> That's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. <laughs> Impeachment. It's when America moves its president to the spam folder. <laughs> After 85 days of inquiries and debates, today was finally the big day. 
So let's see how it all went down in another installment of The Magical Wonderful Road to Impeachment. That's probably presidential harassment. Ever since the impeachment inquiry began back in September, there have been many days that have felt historic. The announcements, the testimonies, the day that Trump and Giuliani accidentally switched dentures and talked like each other the whole day. (laughs) But as historic as those days were, today was the most historic of all. This Wednesday will long be remembered. President Trump set to become the third president in American history to be impeached. On this truly historic day, President Donald J. Trump is facing the harshest and rarest of rebukes by the United States House of Representatives. A day for the history books. This is a moment that will go down in history. This will be written about in the history books. This is going to go down in the history books. A day that'll go down in the history books. Trump must be miserable right now because those are the two things he hates the most, history books and going down. (laughs) And regardless, regardless of how you feel about impeachment, today is historic because Trump is only the third president ever to be impeached. Yeah, they're gonna carve his face on impeachment Mount Rushmore, right? (laughs) Which just to be clear, will be appropriately located in the worst place imaginable, the Port Authority bathroom. That's where it is. (laughs) So there's no doubt that impeachment will hurt Trump's legacy bigly but it also seems like it's hurting his feelings. President Trump incensed, lashing out in a scathing six-page letter to the House Speaker, calling the impeachment process outlined by the Constitution an illegal partisan attempted coup. He's just fired off a tweet. Can you believe that I will be impeached today by the radical left, do nothing Democrats, and I did nothing wrong, a terrible thing. Read the transcripts, this should never happen to another president again, say a prayer. Yo, is it, is it just me, or does it seem like Trump went through all the stages of grief in one tweet? <laughs> uh, it was like, denial, I can't believe I'm getting impeached. Anger, I did nothing wrong. <laughs> Depression, this is a terrible thing. <laughs> Acceptance, I guess we can only pray. <laughs> you, know, you know what Trump reminds me of in that tweet? is like, remember when you were a kid, right, who was gonna get a spanking, but then your parents told you it was gonna happen later because they didn't have time, and then the whole day was just you in a state of panic? That's what Trump sounds like in that tweet, like, just trying to, like, get support from anyone. You'd just be like a child running around, like, my mom said I I didn't break the thing. They said I did, but I didn't do it. Now they're gonna come over my Please pray for me, pray for me. Oh, pray for me. But as upset as Trump sounds, his Republican minions in the House seemed even more angry because they spent the day on the floor of the House competing to see who could make impeachment sound the worst. History will not treat Democrats well. They'll be forever remembered as the Senator Joe McCarthy's of our time. On December 7th, 1941, a horrific act happened in, in, in the United States, and it's one that President Roosevelt said, this is a date that will live in infamy. Today, December the 18th, 2019, is another date that will live in infamy. When Jesus was falsely accused of treason, Pontius Pilate gave Jesus the opportunity to face his accusers. During that sham trial, Pontius Pilate afforded more rights to Jesus than the Democrats have afforded this president. Holy shit! Did these guys just compare impeachment to Pearl Harbor and what happened to Jesus? 
What, did they just Google bad things and then click, I'm feeling lucky? Is that what happened? <laughs> First of all, people actually died at Pearl Harbor. No one's dying here, okay? And secondly, Jesus was tortured and then nailed to the cross. That is way worse than what's happening to Trump. And even if Trump was gonna be put on the cross, he'd never carry it himself. He'd probably put it on the back of a golf cart, all right? <laughs> it's just the same, it's not the same, it's not even close. So House Republicans spent the whole day being huge drama queens about impeachment. In fact, at one point, a Republican congressman from Ohio even held, and this is completely real, a moment of silence (laughs) for the 63 million people who voted for Donald Trump. Which is kind of ironic because Donald Trump would never be able to hold a moment of silence for himself. Yeah, he'd just be like, let's have a moment of silence. Wow, this is the greatest moment of silence ever. Listen to how silent it is. So silent. No silence has ever sounded like this before. (laughs) I can't believe how silent it is. So powerful. (laughs) But even though, so powerful. (laughs) Yo, yo, we get it, yo. But even though this was a bad day for Republicans, that doesn't mean that Democrats were gloating. In fact, all day, They wanted everyone to know that this impeachment made them very, very sad. Madam Speaker, this is a sad day in U.S. history when we have to vote on articles of impeachment. It's a sad day. It's gonna be a somber day around here. It's with profound sadness that I stand here today. We think this is a very serious and sad day. I was just talking to a Democratic Congresswoman who's wearing a dark dress to show the somber nature of the day, the gravity of the day. It is tragic that the president's reckless actions make impeachment necessary. He gave us no choice. Oh, that's right. All day the Democrats were roaming the halls of Congress, sad and depressed, just walking around like a living Adele album. (laughs) Hello, impeach. (laughs) Anyway. For more on the mood in Washington, let's go to our senior impeachment correspondent, Michael Costa, everybody. (laughs) Michael. You're in D.C. right now at the Democratic Party headquarters. All the Democrats say they're sad, but wasn't today a win for them? It's not about winning, Trevor. It's an impeachment, not an arm wrestling match against my six-year-old nephew, okay? (laughs) Democrats take no pleasure in doing this. No matter what you think about Trump, no one is happy when the president is impeached. Wait, is that champagne? What, what was that? Um, <laughs> yes, it's, it's grieving champagne. Democrats are passing it around so everyone can pour one out for democracy. No, but I think when you pour one out, you're supposed to pour it on the floor, Costa. Uh, <laughs> this, come on, this is Cristal. I mean, this is... <laughs> This is for special, this is for special sad occasions. Like this dark day. You know, it's weird, Michael, because it feels like Democrats are acting sad, but then deep down, they're actually happy about this. No, Trevor, you're reading this all wrong, okay? It's downright depressing. Yeah, Nancy, today sucked, huh? <laughs> hey, save me one of those Jaeger bombs, girl. Oh, come on, Costa. Party hats and Jaeger bombs, clearly for Democrats, this is a party. Trevor, you know, shame on you. This is not a party <laughs> at all. I... 
I am surrounded by sadness. Dude, you must think I'm an idiot. Like, I, like, I don't get why Democrats are pretending to be sad, right? They've wanted to impeach Trump for ages. This has to make them at least a little bit happy. It's just like, wait, Costa, is that, is that music I'm hearing? Yeah, Trev, there is too much sadness to fit into that space, so we moved it to the club. So now we're just grinding away our sorrows. All right, man, I don't buy it. The Democrats are happy, it's obvious. Trevor, Trevor, I can literally taste the sadness, okay? Although that might just be the Molly kicking in. Am I talking about? All right, don't be sad all night. We got work tomorrow. Michael Costa, everybody, we'll be right back. Love the Daily Show Ears Edition? Then help us get to know you so we can keep creating the content you love. Go to cohst.app slash TDS or click the link in this episode's show notes to fill out a quick two-minute survey. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Welcome back to The Daily Show. It's officially the holiday season, a time for family, togetherness, and cocktails with eggs for some reason. But you better enjoy it while it lasts. Ronnie Chang tells us why in another installment of Everything is Stupid. Ugh, it's Christmas again. It's just another excuse for you people to send me stupid pictures of your family. Oh, great, another baby dressed as an elf? Wow, thanks for the reminder to get a vasectomy. But now, thanks to all these stupid world leaders not giving a shit about climate change, everything you love about Christmas is gonna disappear, starting with Christmas trees. This year, your Christmas tree could wind up costing you more than you've spent in the past. At this farm outside Los Angeles, the average tree costs around 100 bucks. Nationwide, a fresh-cut Christmas tree now averages $76, double what it cost in 2008. Blame it on climate change, Rising temperatures, wildfires, and drought have all made farming more challenging. Yeah, that's right. Climate change is taking away Christmas trees. By 2050, they're going to be so expensive that the tree will be the present. Okay? How how are you going to trick kids into behaving that way? Listen, you better be good all year or you're not going to get a Douglas fir for Christmas. Why do people want Christmas trees in their house anyway? All they do is shed pine needles all over the floor. If that's what you're into, just call me. I'll stab you in the foot for free. (laughs) And it's not just trees that are going away. Climate change is going to kill Santa's transportation too. In our Eye on Earth series, we'll take you to Santa's hometown in the North Pole, where climate change is threatening the reindeer population. The reindeer feed even through the winter on lichen, a mossy plant they dig down through the snow to get at, except when all that thawing and refreezing means they can't. And when the snow turns to ice, what happens to the reindeer? We have to feed them. You know things are bad when your entire species depends on a guy in a weird hat, okay? (laughs) I mean, what if he oversleeps one day? He'll be like, oh, shit, my alarm didn't go off. Now I need to dig a mass reindeer grave. (laughs) And this is a big problem, okay? Because without reindeer, how is Santa gonna get around? He's gonna have to hitchhike around the world, trading rides for hand jobs, okay? (laughs) But guess what? The climate crisis is coming for our New Year's drinks, too. Another popular consumer item that's expected to get a lot more expensive, Prosecco. 
climate change is doing a number on the grapes that make the sparkling wine. Paolo Tomasella says extreme weather is posing new challenges at his vineyard. Climate change is a big problem. When it's very hot, when it's raining, it's raining very much. Prosecco, he explained, should have low alcohol and high acidity, but high temperatures and earlier ripening produce the opposite effect. That's right. Thanks to climate change, Prosecco is going to cost more and taste worse. Although, to be fair, if you cared about taste, you wouldn't be drinking Prosecco, okay, you peasants? Prosecco is just champagne that dropped out of high school, okay? You know what my holiday drink of choice is? It's good old-fashioned rubbing alcohol. That's right. Sure, it'll make you go blind, but that's when the party really starts. So, Happy New Year, everyone. Spoiler alert, 2020 is gonna be worse. Ronnie Chang, everyone. We'll be right back. Wait, who said that? Love the Daily Show Ears Edition? Then help us get to know you so we can keep creating the content you love. Go to cohst.app slash TDS or click the link in this episode's show notes to fill out a quick two-minute survey. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Tonight is an actor who played the villain Black Manta in Aquaman, but now he's Dr. Manhattan in the hit HBO series, Watchmen. Please welcome Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, I appreciate it, man. Congratulations on what has been a beautiful, steady, and yet meteoric rise at the same time. Yeah, it's been all right. It's, it's, it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been all right, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really has been amazing. For me, it was, it was interesting, because, I, I mean, I told you this backstage, but I, I, I saved Aquaman. I was like, I'm gonna watch this movie. I wanna yeah. find, like, the right day when I'm there with my TV, get everything set up, and I saved it. And then, like, I watched Aquaman, and then immediately watched Watchmen. Uh-huh. And then, like, I just watched Us as well, like, a little period. <laughs> and then I was like, you are everywhere. <laughs> but at the same time, it doesn't feel like you everywhere, because yeah. your face always changes. Yeah, man, it's, it's one of my gifts, you know? <laughs> having, a, having a beard that connects, being able to right. wear a mustache, being able to grow an afro. Right. You know? I wonder if you have fans uh, who don't even know that they're like your fan. Like, they, you, have a fan <laughs> you have a fan base who's just in, like, DC world. I do. I do. I absolutely... I have, uh, I have fans from a, from a show called The Get Down. That was my right. first job. Right. Okay, I see right. one or two or three. I see... Uh, <laughs> And they don't, sometimes they don't know that I'm the same person that was in, let's say, uh, uh, The Greatest Showman. Right, you know? right. People from The Greatest Showman definitely don't know that I was in Baywatch. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like... It really is, it really is an, an amazing career that, you, that you're forming. And what's cool is you, you, you have this presence on screen, but at the same time, you can blend in and be anybody. Yeah. Um, Watchmen, though, is just like it feels like it's become bigger than just a show. It feels yeah. like it's become a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a powerful story. What I found interesting was you didn't know what you would be doing in the show. Nah, no, no. I thought, I signed up to play um, Regina King's husband on an HBO show. You know what I mean? I see the breakdown. It says Cal, and it says, well, he's, uh, you know, kind of mysterious or something. I'm like, you get to, the, yeah, married to Regina King. You know, married <laughs> to Angela Abel. My like, HBO, sign me up. I want right. to do that, right? And, 
And, uh, and, it, and, and it was cool. And then it turned into something that was just really, really a gift. I had already shot the first the first episode and, uh, and maybe even the second. And uh-huh. then I had a conversation with Damon and he let me in. Let me in on the big uh, on the big secret about it's, the show. It's, it's been a cultural phenomenon for so many reasons. Yeah. One, because it's like, it's a brilliant explore, exploration of like comic book characters and yeah. like that world. But then at the same time, because it's based on something that happened in America, yeah. you know, yeah. Tulsa, Oklahoma is one of those stories where you watch the beginning of Watchmen, and yeah. a lot of people go like, "Wow, this is a wild story." Yeah. But then people actually started searching it and learned that it was a true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Do you think that's part of the reason that it impacts so many people when watching the show? It's it's a it's an absurd and fantastical look at a real world. Yeah. Well, Watchmen parallels in a lot of ways um, our world, our United States, right. and so a lot of the um, a lot of these stories, you know, these action figure stories. They, they, they don't always use events from real history. Right. And Watchmen is, is a show that says, okay, well, you know what? We're going to say something about America. We're going to use real American history. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems shocking. We're going to shoot it on a scale that is unbelievable. Right. But it's actually the truth. You know, it, this, this history, these massacres that took place in Oklahoma, they're actually true. And in our show, we say, well, yes, this happened. And then we see the repercussions as that trauma is passed down from generation to generation right. to generation. Three generations later, we see it. We see Angela, Angela Abar, still dealing with the trauma of, of 100 years ago. Right, right, you know, right. Which is, which, is, which is something that actually still happens today. That's, I, that's what really has made yeah. it so powerful. Is it almost explains the legacy yes. of systemic racism. Yes. It, it explains the legacy of so many things that people go like, oh, that happened so long ago. And yeah. then you realize how it can have a knock-on effect. Um, one other part of the show that I think makes it really successful is you being topless or naked in it. Um, I see a couple people out there who are just not, they're not impressed. (laughs) No, 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 they haven't seen you yet. (laughs) They're angry because they haven't seen it. That's what that is. But I I feel like like if people write you into a movie or a show, they have to, they have to find a way to get you to take off your shirt. No, because you have an amazing body. You do. Thank you. I appreciate it. You do, though. You have an amazing body. I wasn't expecting to come on and get compliments. But yeah, but you do, though. But I like, I like wonder. I wonder, do they ever, do they ever like, do they ever like write it in, in like a weird way where it's just like, and and then there's a, a fire in the living room and he takes off his shirt to put out the fire. <laughs> right. Does it ever feel like? Are you ever like self-conscious in any way about that, or are you just like, no, I have a six-pack, so this is what I'm gonna do. No, but this is the thing. I don't always have a six-pack. I just tend to find myself perpetually getting getting ready for roles that require me to work out. But the day, the last day, like yes. for Watchmen, for right. example, the last day that I shot that, I stopped going to the gym <laughs> for months. Right. I just got back in, into the gym about a one month ago, but I took a five-month hiatus because I don't enjoy working out. So, so wait, so are, are you doing this to prepare for Matrix 4? Currently, I'm working out to prepare for the Matrix, yes. I mean, Matrix 4, this is... <laughs> this is huge. Yeah. This is, I, like, that, was, that movie, like, was, was one of my... Maybe my top three favorite movies of all time, yeah, The Matrix. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like, everyone was so shocked when they announced, hey, we're actually going to be making, making Matrix 4. Yeah. You know, you've got Keanu Reeves in this, but you're going to be in it as well. Yeah. I mean, that's insane to be part of such a huge franchise. Yeah, it's wild. Um, I mean, and I think we're going to tell a really, really exciting story. It's a story that's uh, relevant to the times. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm excited about the, uh, about the technology because you see what they did in yeah. uh, 1999 with that, right. t- with that technology. It still holds up. And so uh, I'm really excited to, you know, to get in there and to play, but to also, you know, to be a fan of it and to see what we're going to do 
20 years later and how, given how much technology has advanced. Right. And go and hopefully, hopefully take my shirt off in the Matrix because, yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> Some of these people are happy, and you know what? I'm not going to be mad either. Well, thank you so much. Congratulations it. for real. Watching it is available now on HBO Go and now Yahya Abdul Mateen II, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand-new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.